0: This is Hope After Hurt, a Yes Podcast. We talk about church hurt, stories of disappointment, and the future of community. With the goal of healing from past pains, inspiring hope for the future, and building a better leader for generations to come. Join this community created for healing, hope, and heroes. Now your host, a pastor's kid who has served everywhere from startups to some of the largest churches in the world, Drew Barker. It's the Yes Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Barker, and I'm really thankful for you taking time today to check out this podcast. We are in season two of Hope After Hurt. And as always, if you are finding this episode or anything when it comes to our content that we're sending out, if you're finding any value in that, we'd love for you to share it. We'd love for you to bring people into the conversation. And you just never know, maybe this will offer them some encouragement today. Uh, One of the things that I've been encouraged by and stay encouraged by on a weekly basis is not just getting an opportunity to speak to you and get to know you on a personal level, but also the fact that I get to listen to other people's podcasts. I'm a big podcast listener and I'm always looking for new content, fresh content, and people that really have a, what I consider gospel-centered message that offers stability to this generation. And I came across a podcast the other day that I just wanted to share with you. I really, truly, and honestly believe that this podcast is going to bless you, that it is going to inspire you, and it is going to increase your desire to get to know Jesus more. It's called God I Give Up, Submitting My Will for His. That's the name of the episode, and the name of the podcast is The Basement with Tim Ross is a pastor in Texas. He's an excellent preacher. He actually just spoke at Transformation Church. He gave an incredible message there, but he is a great man of God. He's someone that I am beginning to admire and look up to when it comes to his walk with Christ. And I hope today that you enjoy this episode from The Basement with Tim Ross. The Basement. You are in The Basement with Tim Ross
1: what's up everybody welcome to the basement with tim ross uh this is a wonderful opportunity that we have to just talk and vibe uh our sponsor is tome and you should have already downloaded this app by now if you don't know what tome is all about uh, you need to download the app. I have content on there uh, that I think is great, but there's a lot of great teachers on there. And Tome simply exists to try to help people uh, deepen their relationship with God by understanding the Bible in a very personal way. So shout out to Tome. Thank you for the sponsorship. Uh, we couldn't do what we're doing without you. Um, this good. This is a good day. And the reason why it's a good day is because we have our first guest that filled out that Google form to be on this show. I, I mean, how many people that we that, did we have fill out that Google form in the first twenty four hours?
0: First twenty four hours was like maybe sixty. Yep. but we have about two hundred something right now. Yeesh! Mm. So, and the podcast isn't even dropped. So. We don't even know what's going to happen. Oh, in the my first gosh. We
2: didn't know what we were signing up for. We, and we signed up.
0: Yo, y- y'all, like, <laughs> this was, like, this was
1: like the most faith-filled Google form that's yeah. ever, like, like people was feeling out, like, I have no idea what's going to happen when I get there. They might shoot me, but you know what? I might want to be shot in Google Jesus' name. Google form's like, why do you want to come? And we're like, we don't know. <laughs> 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 all right, so just tell, okay, first of all, let me introduce, okay? I'm introducing to some presenting to others our First guest that filled out the Google form that got... I'm not going to say you filled out the Google form first. I'm such a literalist. But probably. But, but, <laughs> but probably, right? The first one that we pulled is David Christian <laughs> Bliss in the in building. The let's house. go! So, so, okay, let's just start there first, though, okay? okay? Yeah. So
2: my, my middle name is what I am.
1: Your middle name is what <laughs> you just are. Let's start there. Let's start there. Your middle name is literally... <laughs> What you decided to become. To to be. To be a Christian. For eternity. A person that follows <laughs> yes. Jesus. The David may fall away and the police may fall away. But the, but Christian, the Christian shall be remain forever. I didn't choose it. There, there's a sermon in there. There's a sermon <laughs> in there, dude. I didn't oh choose
2: my. my middle name, but I chose what it represents mm, in my life. See? I okay, preacher. There's a preacher Jesus. right here.
1: This dude's a preacher. <laughs> I can tell. All right. So, so 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 let's start with the fact that, okay, You get this announcement, okay, I'm starting a podcast, Mm -hmm. and fill out this Google form, and what even made you do that?
2: Well, I think I saw right before that announcement, Mm -hmm. I saw you in a video Mm -hmm. saying, or juxtaposing mentorship and discipleship.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And I had never used those terms, Mm. but I had always understood that I don't need to have relationship with someone yep. to be ministered by them, yeah. to for them to be a spiritual father. That's yep, kind of yep, what, yep. what I termed it. I didn't yep. use the term mentorship, Yep. but I remember Pastor Robert Morris at Gateway, he used to say, Jack Hayford was my spiritual father before I even met him, Yep. and then I met him. Yep. I met my spiritual father. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's something that I've always felt with you from a mentorship, because we've been in similar circles yeah, for, for a really sure. long time. Yep. Uh, But it was mostly in passing, you know, little conversations. But I remember early on, it might have been you, Mm -hmm. but someone said, as a communicator, you need to be careful who you listen to. For sure. Because you will start to morph your voice. For sure. To who you listen to. And I experienced that because I grew up uh, in New Jersey Mm -hmm. and our pastor was Timothy Keller. Oh, snap. Redeemer Presbyterian. Okay, but I was slow. I was very young. Yeah, yeah, but 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 let's slow down though.
1: Yeah, that's
2: I fe- I, I fell asleep in his church. It's okay. His voice is the most beautiful monotone voice. Hey, listen,
1: ever. to be a child and have those words dropping into your ear canals. That's true, it could have been worse, bro.
2: Yeah, that, hey, there's seeds somewhere deep down, buddy. Yeah. Okay,
1: so let's slow down. You're from New Jersey. New Jersey, yes. Born and raised?
2: No, I've I moved around a lot early on. Okay. But I spent seven years. My early childhood is New Jersey. Okay. So Montclair, New Jersey.
1: Like Army moved around? Uh, or like-
2: no, my dad, just, he worked in business. Okay. He was a stockbroker, financial advisor, so Got he it. was constantly moving. But yep. New York was his staple. Yep. So that's why he moved to New Jersey. Got it. But he didn't want to raise a family in the city.
1: I don't know. Dude, I don't know many people that work in new york that live in new york yeah like new jersey Especially if seems have a to be family yeah 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 because
2: yeah. <laughs> we were we were 25 minutes outside manhattan oh but it's still new jersey yeah for
1: sure for sure you know, got it yeah okay
2: so i i grew up going to Redeemer presbyterian yep it the church didn't really blow up until 9-11 yep like that's when it started becoming more of a is national it, church is
1: it appropriate to say the church didn't <laughs> blow up until nine eleven, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> but it just yeah, that that was I'm four, four choices sorry. of words. My brain, <laughs> the church <laughs> didn't blow up until nine eleven. Church didn't blow up. Okay, people. All right, that this is just so y'all know where my thinking wavelength is right now. Holy cow! Yeah. Please, Jesus.
2: Timothy Keller didn't expand his (laughs) ministry to the level of influence it has today. My man. Without the tragedy of 9-11. There
1: it is. Those are the flowery words. (laughs) Holy cow. Okay. We all feel better. Yeah. Never forget. Okay. We're good.
2: So, um, but anyway, we grew up in his church. And so when I, when the Lord called me to ministry, Mm -hmm. uh, I have no ministry in my family, okay, like extended, extended, can't find anybody yep. who's worked for a church yep. who was a pastor. Wow! So I was going in blind.
1: And when was this?
2: This was my junior year of high school.
1: Roger that. Oh snap! So
2: it's 2011.
1: Snap! Yeah. Okay, so you're 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 17, 16, 17 yeah, years I'm like old, 16, 17 years and you're ex- you've accepted your call into ministry.
2: Yeah, I mean, if we want to go that, that whole route, I wanted to own a bagel shop. Okay. Because I'm from New Jersey. You're from New Jersey. And the bagels in Texas are just the worst.
1: I, I would imagine so. Einstein's. I don't know if a Jewish person is <laughs> has in, gone to Einstein's. In Texas. I don't yeah. know if they have. So that was my,
2: my, my purpose mm-hmm. of what I believed mm-hmm. was to bring the level of bagel quality to Texas because-
1: That's what you thought your call was oh, in yeah. life.
2: E- e- I mean, I probably wouldn't have said that, but that was, bagels. That, that was the goal. This that is was, gangster, that bro. That was the dream. Yes. So I even, I mean, and I was young, uh-huh. but I there was a bagel shop that was near our house called Beyond the Bagel. I mm-hmm. talked to them about franchising it. The reason that the bagels and the pizza are better is because of the water. So that's why in New York and New Jersey, that's why the the bagels and the pizza are better. The water in New York, there's actually a documentary on- how they get the water the ph level exactly the pipes they use like it's crazy
1: do they use essentia? they don't use that's
2: 9.5 ph balance no 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 (laughs) but would this water make a bagel i mean the bomb maybe i mean it's not going to make a new york bagel but it could make a a tim ross essential bagel
1: (laughs) okay all right dude so we're we're getting in the weeds Man, I'm we're we're here for the weeds. We we had an episode <laughs> where we talked about weed. So <laughs> we can actually we can legitimately get into weed. So um this is fascinating though, bro. I don't yeah. want like like you gotta understand, like this is not a this is this is a free flow, bro. Yeah. Like we don't we don't we're not even rushing to get anything. Yeah, like I I I, I structure. I want people to know about you. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's pretty dope. Yeah. Like you as a teenager you, you already had franchising on your mind. You I was had, all in. You had business ownership on uh-huh. your mind. Has was that uh, was has that always been in your head?
2: Uh, for the most part, I think you know I'm an Enneagram seven. Okay. I was talking to someone the other day. I've never been mistyped. Everyone's like, "You seven. <laughs> you know. <laughs> they just know it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I. I think I bounced around a lot. Hey, but explain that to the people. For somebody's listening that doesn't know anything about Enneagram, what is a seven? So the Enneagram,
2: depending on who you talk to, is either the best thing or the worst thing in the world. Okay. And it's a personality you know, test, kind of like the Myers-Briggs or whatever. Yeah. But I've I've found it very helpful in my marriage in ministry. Yeah. Um, and ministry. And so what would a seven be? A seven is someone who's, from my understanding, their greatest fear is being put in a box. Mm-hmm. And tied down, mm-hmm. no freedom. Mm-hmm. And their greatest desire is for uh freedom and uh, you know, passion, living life to the fullest. Yep. And actually, now that I say that, I think their greatest fear is emotional um like hurt, emotional pain. Got it. So they run from emotional pain, yep, and they're the happy go lucky, let's do things, let's have fun. So I think I bounced around a lot as a kid yep. to different things that I wanted to do. Yep. And I just landed on I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to have a business. I want to open beyond the bagel. And they didn't, they were open to franchising, but then my mind went to Blease bagels. And I wanted to be the Chipotle of bagels. And so I wanted to have three different sizes. I wanted the, the Jersey bagel, the Blease bagel and the Manhattan. And the Manhattan was like the big, like what burritos are for Chipotle where you look at it and you're like, that's a huge burrito. That's what I wanted the Manhattan bagel to be.
1: Uh, Okay. And how old are you at this point? I'm like 15, 16. What in the world? I was not thinking this when I was 15 years old. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about franchising a business. I was <laughs> no, making peanut shop. butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> it's as far as I went with bread. <laughs> <laughs> it's just making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yep. Bro, that's crazy.
2: So I was all in. and Clearly? I, I had my, my college plan. I was going to go to Baylor. I was going to get a, a dual major of entrepreneurship and economics and I was going to maybe go into financial advising because my family was there and I knew you could make a lot of money. And and if I was going to either take out a loan to start the business or make capital myself and then start the business, everything planned. Yep. And then I went to uh, a summer camp for Gateway Church, Uh, had just started going.
1: So you had already, you're in Texas now? I'm in Texas. Okay. So that's why, because I wanted to When did you move here?
2: uh, For fourth grade.
1: Roger that. So okay.
2: it was the, the dream was to bring it to Texas. Yeah, yeah, I got it.
1: I, I'm with you. I'm tracking. So
2: I went to this camp and uh, I'm sitting in the back row listening to a sermon, probably day two or three of a, you know, three or four day camp, and I hear the Lord say, I want you to start a Bible study in your school And I thought, Okay, I could do that. Like I, I was I was getting on fire for Jesus. And how old are you? Uh, this is like sixteen, like this is twenty twenty eleven, and so he says, "I want you, I want you to start a Bible study in your school." And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I, I could do that." And he says, "Because I'm calling you to ministry, and you're going to be a pastor." And that's when I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa," I didn't sign up for that. And my first thought was, "No, I want to make money," because I I knew nothing about being a pastor. The only thing I really knew. Was that you don't make a lot of money. Right. <laughs> so that was my first just inclination and, yep, and yep. red light was like, yeah, whoa, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yep. I want to make money. Yep. And that's it. That was the end of the conversation. I feel like the Lord didn't elaborate on it. It was just like sitting there in my chest for the rest of the camp. And I had a girlfriend at the time who later became my wife.
1: Hey, let's go. Keep the girlfriend energy into uh-huh. the wife energy. Uh-huh. And, I love it.
2: uh I told her, and she wasn't on board. She was like, I didn't sign up to marry a pastor.
1: She's 16. Uh-huh. She doesn't know what she wants. <laughs> yeah,
2: and we both didn't know what a pastor really did. Yeah, exactly. We just didn't like the Y'all are idea. in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> and she didn't tell me that. She this <laughs> teenage conversation is
1: cracking me up right now. <laughs> she Y'all are too future-oriented. Yeah. Finish school first. <laughs> this is amazing.
2: And that's the thing. We I had pursued her for so long. We had been dating for like six months but we had been circling each other for several years yep, so yep, we like yep. knew we were getting married yeah um but she didn't tell me no i'm not going to do that but she was just like interesting but now in retrospect she's like i was like no yeah, yeah yeah, um so i i again i'm just starting my relationship with the lord just realizing god can speak and you know that reading scripture is important you yep, know Yep. and so i just said okay lord if this is you confirm it mm like confirm it and not like, oh, look, a bird mm-hmm. confirmation. Like mm-hmm. what I had kind of felt like Christians did. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need actual confirmation. So yep. I go back um, to school that next uh, fall. And the first week um, someone comes to me and says, hey, I want you to help lead student venture, which is the high school like campus crusade for Christ. Yep. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I'll I'll do that. Like that feels like in line with me yep. starting this Bible study at the school. And then the next day, FCA said, hey, we want you to be a leader at FCA. And I was like, Oof.
1: okay. Hey, okay, so let me stop you. I, I just feel like I don't want to pass this up. Do you, like, Can we just acknowledge how grounded you have to be spiritually to be 16 years old? searching for confirmation from the lord Mm. like bro i know dudes in their 20s 30s 40s 50s that would be all over the place yeah so so let me ask you a question did you feel at all like god was killing your dream when he asked you to do like he told you to throw your bagels away (laughs) (laughs) like he told you to take your fat juicy (laughs) manhattan Manhattan bagel with jersey water (laughs) and throw it in the trash yeah to reach some teenagers like yeah how did that land on you
3: Um, because i
1: know a lot of people like yeah they don't respond well to like god i didn't respond well i wanted to be in law enforcement i went to school and studied administration of justice i thought i was going to be a homicide detective yeah lord told me no i want you to be a pet i want you to be a preacher and i was like yeah call david christian <laughs> don't call me <laughs> call someone named christian <laughs> yeah, yeah call somebody with the middle name christian i'm charles right so yeah.
2: um i i don't think that i really um grieved it like it's weird i after the fca asked then gateway Asked Mm -hmm. and said, "Hey, we're starting an internship, and we'd Mm -hmm. love for you to be a part of it." So that was the third confirmation that week, Mm -hmm. and I threw up my hands. Yeah, and I was like, "All right, I guess we're doing this." Yeah, and I I had remembered that in fourth or fifth grade when we first moved to Texas, we were a part of a a small church that was in a movie theater, and we were kind of like part of the ground floor. And I went to the student service, the youth service, which I was too young for, but I went because my brother was older and I kind of looked older. So I kind of blended in and I saw the youth pastor and the Lord reminded me, I was sitting in the, in the, you know, movie theater seats yep. and I thought I could do that. And mm. then never thought about it again. Mm. Like it's pretty gangster. Forgot about that memory. Forgot. I had that thought. But after the confirmation where the Lord was like, this is what I'm calling you to do, I remembered, was that, was that you? Like, did you plant that thought in my Mm. mind? Because I just thought I saw him doing, you know, speaking and interacting with people. And I thought I could do that.
1: All right. So, okay. You said you never grieved it though. Yeah. So has it ever left you?
2: Well, it's funny. Every time I tell someone that story, they almost always say, hey, you can still do both. So, so may, maybe, I, I feel like in my, in my head now, as I look retrospectively, I, I just, I never grieved it because I never felt like it was really what I was supposed to do.
1: Got it. It, it was just something you wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. So like, this wasn't like no dream passion that you had sketches for and you drew everything out. and
2: I, I feel like I, I did it so much out of ambition and, and almost like out of my flesh. Like It's what, it's what David Bleece wanted to do as a success story. And when I Okay, heard slow lower- down,
1: bro. Just slow down. <laughs> Do you hear yourself right now? Do y'all hear him? All right, so so talk to me about that level of self awareness. Like where where is it come like how is David coming to the conclusion that this is selfish ambition? My flesh wants this. Yeah. I don't think I would
2: have articulated that. At the time Yep But Again looking back I think that's why I didn't grieve it Was there was a level Of understanding Whether I could put words To it or not There was a level Of understanding of God never told me hmm To start a bagel shop Mm-hmm and God told me that I was going to be a pastor, and that was one of the first times I'd heard God. So when I had to juxtapose them, it was not even a question.
1: All right, so 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 let's let's marinate right here. Okay. <laughs> let's see. This is why I just like let's just talk and let's just see where stuff goes. Right. Yeah. So um, the 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 acknowledgement that you had a plan that God didn't have mm-hmm. and you did not hold God responsible yeah. for coming through on your plan. yeah, Like, like I know so many Christians that have told God, this is what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And then as their life moves in obedience to doing what God has called them to do, it looks yeah. nothing like what they've planned yeah. and they're mad at God. yeah, Like they're literally pissed with God. Like, you didn't let me become this, and he's up there like I never told you you were gonna be that. You yeah. told you, yeah, you were gonna be that. So, so like really low key, you saved yourself mm-hmm. a round trip ticket with a fight with God, <laughs> yeah, because you never made your dream his dream and wanted him to rubber stamp it for you.
2: Yeah, and I and I didn't, I didn't know any better, mm-hmm. and I also didn't develop a lot of bad theology or church hurts that i see a lot of people
1: you had timothy keller dripping in your (laughs) ears when you were like an infant baby like sweet baby david (laughs) was nestled up on a pew (laughs) with timothy keller
2: soothing silky voice pouring (laughs) his
1: words into your ear (laughs) (laughs) maybe there was a bigger impact yeah Uh, yeah yeah you're good bro you're you were going to be okay (laughs) You were going to be okay. No, that's dope.
2: Yeah. So I, I, I never uh, experienced a lot of the bad habits or, or or just bad thinking that I think a lot of people maybe later in life develop of or or have already gotten so far. It might have been different if I had gotten into college and it was you had to switch your major or mm. I'd already started building up the financial you know, reservoir. And he's like, you got to put that aside. Or I'd already made a lease on a building. Like it might've been harder if I had started going. Yeah, 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 And so it, maybe it's just the grace of the Lord to stop me before I really made a decision. Yeah. And so everything at that point was really, um, uh, arbitrary. It was, yeah. it was, it was very vague. It was, this is what I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. But before I could really get going, yep. he said, no, this is, no, that's call. beautiful.
1: No i I just think I just think um you, you know I teach a lot on on ambition. first of all i don't I don't think there's a such thing as uh uh healthy ambition or yeah, and I actually think godly ambition is the worst form of ambition because mm. Godly ambition is when you make up things to do for God that he never said he wanted to do through you. yeah I, I mean, I know so many people we're going to take the whole world for Jesus we're, we're, there's going to be a revival that takes a whole city. And God's like, I just need you to take your family. Yeah, like take your wife out on a date. Yeah, I don't want you to reach the city. You haven't dated your wife in nine months. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Totally. Like we're gonna we're gonna shake a whole generation for Jesus. So like you can't shake your grandkids. Yeah, why don't you take them out and like put in them what God put in you? Mm. So I just think godly ambition is the is the worst form of ambition because. Yeah. We, we get to put God's name to it. And when you throw out the God card, who argues with you? Yeah. God right. told me to take the city. Okay. okay. Cool. But you didn't take a zip code. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't put that on God. Because if it don't yeah. happen, then you got to turn around and be like, oh, yeah, I guess God changed his mind. Like, no, he yeah. didn't. He just never told you to do that. Yeah. You just didn't want to say it. So. Yeah.
2: And I, and I think my, my personality was always, I was always a learner. And Mm -hmm. I always wanted to soak in and just be a sponge wherever I was. Mm -hmm. That's why I was meeting with beyond the bagel. That's why I'm going to, you know, franchise. Yeah. And when that shifted to ministry, it was pastor Robert, you Preston Morrison. And I remember hearing you probably back in 2012 say, there's no such thing as ambition. There's only selfish ambition. That's That's right. It's one word. That's right. And that stuck with me. Yeah. And I remember Preston talking about, um, why are you applying for that job? If God mm. wants you to have that job, you'd have the job. Mm. So, are you really submitted, mm. or, or are you going to have ambition? And like these principles, just it was almost like I was a blank sheet of paper.
1: Yep, 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 yep. And yeah. So they just solidified. Okay. So this, 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 is what I want to say because this, this is the thought that I was having in my head. Literally, you haven't had to. You, you haven't had to be deprogrammed. Yeah. That that's that's what I'm picking up from you. Yeah. There's so many things that I've 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 seen believers bump their head on. they haven't they 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 bump their heads on it because they've been programmed with so much bad stuff yeah and and I, we call everything theology. Theology is the study of God, right Yeah you can study wrong yeah but but the majority of people they they were taught wrong, yeah, totally right right Very few people study and then wind up saying that you know, David was in the lions den. Yeah. Right, in that Daniel parted the Red Sea. <laughs> that would be bad theology. That yeah. that's literally bad theology, right? Yeah. What, what we're talking about is bad teaching. Yeah. And bad teaching leads to bad execution. Yeah. Bad behavior. And or, or well, let's just say incorrect. Let's not even say bad, right? Let's just say incorrect teaching yeah. leads to incorrect Execution and correct behavior, and as a result of that, yeah, you got to be deprogrammed, yeah, and then built back up. It just sounds like you didn't have to be deprogrammed,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I th- and I think a lot of um, a lot of people develop that bad teaching because they don't read scripture, yep. And that's where I was. I just happened to be at one of the greatest churches in America that was teaching the Word, yep, because. So many of us just go based on what we are teach. Like our concept of heaven in America is not very biblical. At all. But it's been passed down through teachers. Right. And so that becomes our foundation. Yep. And so I think you're right. I think we've, we have a lot of people that have been taught something their whole life. And sadly, a lot of Christians never read scripture and never see it played out. And so I, I, had, the, I had two things happen in, in my life early on that... Changed the trajectory of my life. Uh, one was being at Gateway mm-hmm. at a young age mm-hmm. uh, and being a blank slate, like mm-hmm. no no bad theology, like nothing uh, hardly. Mm-hmm. And when I started dating my girlfriend, now my wife, mm-hmm. I developed a relationship with her dad, who was the first person that I went to lunch with that brought his Bible, and I thought, "You read that?" Because I I had never experienced. Other than my mom, which I thought my mom was like, you know, just, that's what moms do. But I'd never, I'd never seen like a man bring their Bible into the world and it was marked up and tabbed up and highlighted. And I'm like, you're reading this thing.
1: Yo, we we, we, we got to address that. Because the fact that your father-in-law, now father-in-law, right? Yep. Um, uh, brought his Bible and it was marked up. What did that do to you? What did that do for you? What did that say to you? What did it speak to you?
2: So here's here's where I was mm-hmm. as a Christian, as mm-hmm. my David Christian. Mm-hmm. 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 I was fully convinced, mm-hmm. ignorantly, but confidently convinced that I knew everything the Bible had to offer mm. Mm. because... I grew up in church, you know, Timothy Keller pews. Yep. Mm-hmm. I I'd start, I was at that church that was kind of starting the movie theater. And by the time that I was actually listening and not sleeping in the church, yep. uh, I was at a very seeker church. Wouldn't have known that at the time or had that, you know, vocabulary, yeah. yep. but they basically preached the same messages every week. Okay. And so I was there from fourth grade to like seventh, eighth grade. Mm-hmm hearing the same message preached. Mm -hmm. And so my logic was, this is the dude that's reading the Bible every day. This is the pastor who's getting paid to know the Bible. Right. And I I already know what he's going to say. Wow. So I'm good. Mm. This is for other people. Mm. And so I stopped going to church from like eighth grade to sophomore, junior year. And it flew by. I never made the conscious decision but looking back, I was like, I, I went like two, three years without church. And mm. it's because I was fully convinced. I knew everything I needed to know. Wow, bro. So when I went to lunch with my father-in-law or my girlfriend's dad at yeah, the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was pulling out scriptures that I've never heard because it wasn't from the book of John, you know, talking right. about John 3. Right,
1: right, 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 It wasn't your usual yeah. suspect scriptures. Uh, and yeah. he was
2: marking up the Old Testament. Right. And I'm like, what? Yep. It, the impact that that made on me pretty synom- synonymously with going to Gateway. My mm-hmm. mom drugged me to Gateway one day. Yep. And I was like, I don't need to go to church. Like I don't need another. I, I'd been through like four youth pastors. So I was like, I don't want to do this again. Yeah, And I sat in Pastor Robert's sermon Yep, and walked out saying, oh, shoot. I don't know anything. Did
1: you say "oh shoot" though, or
2: did you? I did say "oh shoot." Okay, I, okay, okay. I was known as the guy who who would fake cuss. <laughs> okay, okay,
1: okay. Because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. No. Okay.
2: And, and that's the thing. I I lived a very moral life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was a Christian. Yeah. I was David Christian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you I, were living I, up to your name. Yes. In and
1: word and in deed.
2: Yes, but not in not in spiritual or relationship with God. Yep, 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 yep. yep. And so both hearing Pastor Robert and realizing. There's so much I don't know, and then right in that same season, going to lunch with my girl's my girlfriend's dad and realizing he's reading scripture, I realized i I have
1: work to do all right so 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 um, I love this let let's let's address this, let's address a teenager who's grown up in church mm-hmm. and feels like they've heard it all, seen it all, done it all, yeah be smacked with the awareness that you don't know nothing <laughs> <laughs> totally right <laughs> yeah 100 like how many teenagers are out there right now yeah. that are like i already know it all got it there are sitcoms older than you heard it fam how do you think you know it all when the simpsons is older than you yeah you, you know what i'm saying there, there there are there are television shows that have been around longer than you yeah there are there are institutions in the world that have been around longer than you yeah so so i'm i'm fascinated with with this um with this self-awareness yeah and this humility to say oh snap i i messed up yeah because bro i don't know it all i've been i've been with jesus 26 years i know here's what my mom said my mom said to me um, years ago, my mom is Southern girl, Birmingham, Alabama, mm-hmm. okay? The city's finest produced <laughs> Maxine Hardy Ross, okay? This is what my mom said. My mom got gave, gave her life at 20, just like I did. Um, my mother has been saved for 53 years? Mm-hmm. 55 years? Yeah. Dang. My mom's been saved for 55 years. Holy cow. That's awesome. So my mom's been saved for fifty five years. Yeah, here's what my mom would tell me now. Just so you understand, when my mom gets a new Bible, she puts a red check mark on every page she reads. Mm. So you can thumb through any Bible she has, and you know she's been through that whole Bible because there's a red check mark by every page she she. Here's how my mom studies Bibles: she reads it from Genesis to Revelation, then she starts studying. Mm. If she buys a new Bible, she reads it from Genesis to Revelation. Then she starts studying.
2: Then she starts parking.
1: Then she starts parking, right? She just reads it straight through, then goes back, and then starts to soak, right? Yeah. Here's what my mama said. My mom said, baby, what I've learned about the scriptures wouldn't feel the eye of a needle. Mm. That's 55 years, bro. Yeah. And she said, what I know would not feel the eye of a needle. Yeah. So for any of us to ever get to the place yeah. where we think, I know that. Yeah. I already know it. Yeah. I know what that scripture means. Yeah. And do th- you do you though? And you I know think- what it means for you now.
2: Yeah. And I think part of that's just pride. Period. But <laughs> I think part of it is um is just youthful ignorance. For sure. The older we get, the more we realize we don't know. Sometimes, bro. yeah maybe this is why i'm saying maybe that's what it should be this is why i'm saying this you
1: got that revelation while you were still a teenager yeah you didn't have to be deprogrammed from some stuff you were self-aware at a young age dude that's dope yeah
2: i feel like i the older i get the more i realize i don't know i felt like i was more confident when i was a 20 year old pastor than i am as a 28 year old pastor
1: bro i want to hug you (laughs) i'm dude i'm i'm 47 years old yeah and i got guys around me that think they know it all. Yeah. I I I I know pastors that don't worship. Mm. They only walk out when it's time for them to preach. Yeah. Cuz they think they know it yeah, all. They got it. I know guys that that are amazing people that won't listen to you. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Cause they know it already. Yeah. They think they've already been you. <laughs> yeah. They think you're trying to get to where they are. Yeah. And that you don't have anything to say cause you're in your twenties. Yeah. Or you don't have anything to say because you're in your thirties. Bro. Pride is not, pride is not parked at the, at the, uh at the address of adolescence.
3: Mm.
1: Pride is parked all over. Yeah the ages of people that don't want to admit yeah. that they don't have it all together and that there's yeah. still more for them to learn. Yeah. So I'm just taking in soberly because I don't want to miss, I'm 47. I don't want to miss what you just said. Like yeah. I don't want to be like, yeah, 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 young people. Yeah. No, I could do that now, bro. Yeah. We could all fall into that trap where we're just like, everything I've read is everything there is. You say something new. I ain't got nothing to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. I don't want to be that dude. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, yeah. that's good stuff, bro. Yeah. So, so, so your your father-in-law's Bible is tatted up. That's what I prefer to it. If it, you got, you got a lot of ink in your Bible, your Bible's <laughs> tatted up. That's totally. what I call it. And I yeah. do have tats. So yeah, it works for me.
2: Yeah. And, and we just, I just began to really be discipled by him. Yep. And I, I had, I had a, you know, again, like Enneagram seven, you know, I was a, I had described, had, it's been described to me, you are a ready shoot aim person. Mm. I am on the strength finders. If you like strength finders, my number one is activator. Mm -hmm. Like I was just a go, go, go. Mm -hmm. So I had, you know, probably a hundred Bibles growing up Mm because I always wanted something cool. And I had a a steel one that Mm -hmm. was like held together by magnets. And I had an underwater Bible that I thought was really cool, but you know, had it for like a week. Be, because my mom was, my mom never wanted to tell me no. I'm not getting you a Bible. So it was the one thing I could always ask for. That's like, hilarious. mom, can I get a new Bible? And she's like, what, what am I going to say? No. So she, I had just so many Bibles. But, That's hilarious. Um, when when I saw that, and I I started my relationship with Frank, my father in law, and uh, started my internship at Gateway, and just started learning. I went back to Pastor Roberts' first sermon mm-hmm. and just watched all. Of mm-hmm. his sermons mm-hmm. And then I bought a new King James Bible Because that's what He taught from mm-hmm. So I was like Clearly that has to be The mm-hmm. best one hmm and i NLT. just read it from cover to cover i love L T now yeah. but back in the day i was like yeah, yeah, yeah. this is pastor roberts version the he wrote James. this one he was the translator <laughs> so i i just i still have that bible and that bible is tatted
1: um, yes sir
2: I, there's so many question marks in that bible i'm like what yes. is going on no i love it but that was the first time that i read the bible cover to cover
1: all right so so um you used you used the d word which is which is why you're actually here today right discipleship right like discipleship tell tell me the importance of that for you because because we just talked about earlier there's over 200 people yeah that filled out this google form yeah because they want some form of discipleship and or mentorship yeah what are they signing up for
2: what do I think they're filling out the form for? Yeah,
1: yeah. What do you what did you what, where were you signing up for?
2: <laughs> yeah. So I think I think we all have a desire to be relationally connected with someone that we feel is further down the road. Mhm. And I think it's a natural inclination for people to see you and your relationship with God lived out on social media, you know, weekend service, wherever they see and say, now that's someone that's further along the road mm-hmm. and to sit with that person is a privilege. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I filled it out because I have, I, I always say, I want to have, and, and you'll, you'll know that this is from people like, I think it was Brady Boyd was the first person that said this to me or not to me, but I was in the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to have two to three people in your life at all times. That if they say stop, you stop. Mm-hmm. If they say no, it's no. Mm-hmm. If they uh, call you up and say don't do that, you don't do it. And so I heard that very young, and said, okay, who are my three? Mm-hmm. So I've always had two to three mm-hmm. that have that I'm meeting with on a probably once every three months. Mm-hmm. Like I, I never had this idea that we needed to meet weekly. Yep. Or we needed to, you know, have coffee every day and read the Bible together. Yep. I think there's benefit to the close proximity for sure. But for those those people, I always looked at them as those are my my covering. Yep. That's who I'm submitted to. Yep. And who I'm kind of being discipled by. Yep. Um. But I I only was really probably truly discipled by my father-in-law
1: for sure. That's that's proximity. Yeah. And discipleship is. Proximity yeah. and access. That's
2: Jesus saying, "Follow me." That's
1: that's exactly where what that say, is. They said, "Rabbi, where do you live?" He said, exa- "Come and see." Y- yeah, that's that's what that is. Yeah. Mentorship, and, and that's what I want people to understand the difference between. Yeah. Right, like I can't disciple everybody that comes in here. Yeah, right, no. if we were to get, if we get, I mean, how many seasons are we doing this? You know what I mean? How many episodes are we going to have? Yeah, at yeah. least two hundred and something. If we get every <laughs> single person in yeah. here that fit out that form, right? I can't yeah. disciple all of them, right? Yeah, no. But mentorship. Mm-hmm is, is, um, is absolutely achievable. Now with that said, dude, you hit on something that I don't think a lot of these cats want to hear, man. Guy or girl authority, the authority.
2: Oh yeah. It's, it's probably one of the biggest holes that I see in the church is people either mostly unwilling, but some uninformed at how biblical, being under submission
1: is so so it's it's the secret to all my success oh 100 submission is the secret to all my success and
2: i feel like i got that from you and pastor preston yeah, telling yeah. me that beating
1: me over the head <laughs> with it as a young boy in the pews dude it, it's literally my secret sauce yep. and for the life of me i cannot tell you how many guys and girls have asked me to mentor them and then not taken my advice yeah dude you're grown. You can do what you want. Yeah. But why did you waste your time? Yeah. I don't really think mine was wasted that much. Yeah. Because I'm commanded to do this. Yeah. Right? I'm Matthew 28 to the day I die. Right? So so Jesus disciple people that walked away from him when he said something hard. Yeah. Why am I going to be offended? Like, am I special? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They didn't listen to Jesus. Right? Yeah. They walked away from Jesus. They they dang sure going to walk away from me. Right? Yeah. With that said, though, I'm still shocked yeah why would you give why would you even give me that space in your life yeah and then ask me a question and then when i give you an answer you like okay bet and yeah. then walk out and do something totally antithetical to it or yeah. the opposite of it i th- that boggles my mind bro
2: yeah uh, the conversation comes up a lot with the people that i am in proximity with Yep, and i feel like it is a progression that I see people as they get closer and closer to the Lord, they get to this place where they have to make a big decision. Mm -hmm. And anytime I'm with someone who is on the cusp of a big, what college am I going to go to? What profession am I going into? Relationship is getting serious. And they come for advice. Almost every time I, I see this warning, 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 they're not submitted
1: okay so um, let me tell you what I learned in therapy that like blew my mind mm. okay um, unsolicited advice is never taken mm. so that's good here here here's a, here here's what I had to learn and this is what I put into practice uh, and notice I haven't offered you any advice <laughs> right mm-hmm. um I there there is an here's what's implied now i'm i'm going to put this in our space right now right yeah. so people that have been pastors or you work in churches or whatever right there's almost by implication when somebody wants to set up a meeting with you yeah by implication they must want advice yeah they must want some help right when in reality what they what they want And they can't tell you at a subconscious level is they want to be heard. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: That's all they want to be. Yeah, that's good. That's all they want at first. They just want to be heard. They don't, they haven't told you they wanted anything yet. Yeah. So we should not assume that we have an answer. Yeah. Right? Totally. We should also not assume they want our answer. Yeah. So what I've gotten to the habit of doing is just listening. Totally. I'm just going to listen, you, you set up this meeting. I, I, want, I want to listen to what you have to say. Yeah, And here's what I'm listening for. I'm listening for you to tell me, I need your feedback. Yeah, I need your perspective. Yeah, I need your help. I need your advice. because the moment you give me permission, mm-hmm. the moment you ask, I now have permission, and there is a higher chance. That you are going to take what I said because you invited me into it.
2: Yeah. Versus they're just telling the story and you're like, here are my thoughts on this.
1: (laughs) Hey, man. Heard what you said. (laughs) Pause. Buddy. Got three things that you can do right now. Yeah. Twice your age. (laughs) Promise you. I've been through this before. You're going to be fine. Number one. Right? You know what I'm saying? We turn into like the little mafia guy that's like, man, I promise you, this is not going to be a bad thing at all. (laughs) What you're going to do, first of all, right? You're going to get your bagels, right? But you're going to call little Tony first. And when Tony comes in, you're going to just tell him, huh?
2: Tell him I sent you.
1: Yeah, tell him I sent you, right? He has an aluminum bat. Anybody gives you any problems, you just get with it. Dude, we're not doing that, right? Yeah. Literally, people want to be heard. Yeah. Not everybody wants to be led.
3: Yeah, that's good.
1: That's an invitation. Yeah. Jesus said, follow me. Yeah. He is Lord. So is it a command or is it an invitation? Yeah. Come and see. Right? If you want. (laughs) Come and see if you want. And if this gets too hard for you, You you can bounce. Oh, totally. John 6 is like the most staggering passage of scripture of all time jesus says you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood and them dudes are like son uh-huh. what do you mean yep. and he doesn't explain himself and they leave and he doesn't chase them
2: yeah what mean, it? and one of, the, one of the dopest lines that he gives after
1: that is y'all gonna leave too that's exactly right oh. to his original 12 right oh, yep and and so for me oh. i'm like this is how i'm literally living my life now yeah. because i i'm such a helper i'm enneagram too Right. Yeah. So I'm such a helper. And I know there's some people out there, you think Enneagram is like a pentagram and you think <laughs> Satan's involved. Um Okay. Cool. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. But I'm a helper. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm not Satan's helper. <laughs> you know, so whatever. Um uh but but I the 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 I, I'm wired to help. Yeah. God made God put me on the in the world to help people but he put me in the world to help myself before i help others yeah and so and so i i used to try to save people that were not convinced they were drowning yeah oh, that's and the only thing they did was take me down with them yeah so so now instead of just assuming that when somebody comes to sit in this space right you yeah. fit out the form yeah we're sitting down but i still can't assume that you want my advice yeah I can, I, I could make that leap because you fit out a form and then you got here and you took time out of your day and the whole nine. Yeah. But, but I've just learned now, unless you invite me into that space, yeah. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Yeah. Because if you're not heard and you don't feel seen and valued, nothing I'm going to say is going to be adhered yeah. to, it's going to resonate. Yeah. So –
2: and I think people people want that. Yeah. Sometimes they're afraid to ask. Sometimes they don't know to ask. Yep. I experience a lot that, you know, people that are, again, big life decision, what college, what profession, and I'll realize, oh, they just don't have authority. That's right. So they're they're just grasping That's exactly right. for something. Reaching. Reaching. And it's always easier for, like, tell me what to do. Yeah, exactly. Because you know? then, yeah. then I can be like, nah. Yeah. Or I can be like, yes. Yeah. And so what I'll, what I'll usually respond with is, uh, you need to submit yourself somewhere. And you need to choose wisely who that is. Yep. But what I hear is that you don't have any covering. Yep. And I love the protection that covering and authority provides where I go before I make a big decision. Oh, dude. I, I, here's one. So my, my father-in-law is obviously one of those three Mm -hmm. and (laughs) we were going to buy a minivan. It was just, we were ready for that season. Mm -hmm. And I had looked at every minivan for two weeks, mm-hmm. just every day prices and different features. And we're going base model and, <laughs> you know, we're working car dealerships and they're selling everything. And I'm oh like, done, yep, I'm yep, done yep, with yep. this process. Yep. And I finally found one that was like, it, it was more than I wanted to pay originally, but I was so done. I was like, fine, we'll figure it out. And I felt like I was supposed to call him and, and ask and just submit to him first. Because it's a big decision. I've kind of made that promise that if there's a big decision we're going to make, I'm going to submit it to one or all of these three people mm-hmm. and, and make sure that I'm good. And, and usually good authority is never like, yes, no. Mm-hmm. They're usually, they'll pray about it. Mm-hmm. They'll kind of give you, you know, two cents or whatever. But they, they usually don't use their authority, you know, in, mm-hmm. a, in a very strong way. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to him and I think he could sense that I was just like done. And he goes, and we were going to the dealership. And he said, here's what I can tell you don't buy the car today. And I was like, Oh, and it was so unspiritual. Yep. It was not like, yeah, this church wants this. Right. Right. You know, this ministry experience. It's a car.
1: It's a car.
2: And he said, don't buy the car today. Here's what I can tell you. Don't buy the car today. And everything in me was like, I'm buying it. I don't care. I'm done with this process. I'm not going one more day looking at Carvana. Yep. Car guru. Right. 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 right.
1: (laughs) And did I'll- you get the car that day? Nope. Exactly right. Why?
3: Because
2: <sighs> he said
1: no. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what that feels like, right? Yeah. Submission is not submission until it feels like submission. Yeah. That like literally that's that's what I'm trying to communicate when it comes to having a coach, having a mentor, yeah. having a spiritual authority in your life, having a, having somebody that is that you have submitted to to make you a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. Submission doesn't feel like submission until it feels like submission. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Until you don't want to do it. Until you don't want to do it, that's when you know you're really being submitted. Yeah, totally. It Uh, probably pissed you off that day to be like, bro, I've gone through all of this legwork and now don't do it today? Yeah. And then you didn't do it. And what happened?
2: And we got a minivan for cheaper and it's blessed our life. Bruh. And again, I knew that. I is knew this that was an episode
1: happen. is making itself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but in the moment, it's hard.
1: It isn't, dude. I, I, absolutely.
2: I, in retrospect, it doesn't seem like a great testimony. It's it's yeah, and then what happened? Oh, of course, you know, it, it worked out better. But in the moment,
1: of course not.
0: I was I was it's never, It never it never feels worst. like that. So I have a question that goes with this. What is it like with, you know, submission but maybe your wife doesn't agree? or the spouse doesn't agree and there's, um, you know, just kind of head on head and you don't know what decision to make your authority saying this, your wife saying this, or your husband saying this, what does that look like?
1: Yep. Yep. All right. So let's deal with that. All right. Because when we think about submission, we think about it from like spiritual authority and all that kind of stuff, but But then you know Ephesians five talks about being submitted to one another, right? And especially when it comes to marriage. Yeah. So, so um, in my house, um, I do not move until I have one hundred percent unity with Julia. Yeah. Point blank. Period. This is marriage one on one, gentlemen, ladies, gents, wherever you are out there. Unless you have a hundred percent from your spouse, do not move. It is not worth it. You will cause yourself a headache. I promise you, it will not end well. Yeah. Don't do it. I've been married twenty three (laughs) years. I promise you, you don't want that smoke.
2: Well, because I feel like authority submitting to authority speaks to unity. Yeah, absolutely. Because where they go, you go. Yeah. You're unified. Yep. And you can't operate with division underneath. No, absolutely. Authority. Absolutely. So you're divided. Yeah. Then you can't be submitted.
1: And when we're and when we're thinking about um, how 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 that looks and feels there i cannot tell you i remember when we were about to transition from potter's house right so i was at potter's house we were at potter's house juliet was there like almost 15 years i was there almost 14 years holy spirit tells us to transition in 2010 um the first time i brought it to juliet was in january of 09 i'm like i felt like the holy spirit's talking to me about transition she was like mm, we ain't going nowhere yeah right we're so, dying here yeah <laughs> we might die here right <laughs> so so um uh we pray all of and in January of ten, the Holy Spirit tells me again, like, "Hey, I think this is going to be your last year." Well, obviously, the Holy Spirit didn't say I, didn't, I think <laughs> the Holy Spirit said this is your last year at, at at Potter's house. And then I said, "Well, please tell Juliet, yeah, because we just had a conversation a year ago at this I've time, been there. and I don't want to please tell my wife, right? So please I don't tell don't my have wife." To. <laughs> so I go to I go to uh, uh, Australia, and um, when I come back, I say, "Hey, babe, I felt like the Holy Spirit said that this is our last year." And again, I'm submitting it to her, right? Yeah. I'm not telling her, we we out. You know, I'm like, I think this is what the Holy Spirit is saying. Yeah. And ooh, for all the God card people, please pick up on that as well. Yeah, that's right. Good. Just say, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, please take God said out of your vocabulary until after the fact. Yep. Right? Jesus so says, good. Wisdom is proven to be right by its results. So for me. I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying this until yep. it's done. Then I'm like, he said it for sure.
2: Yeah. And, <laughs> and if you're one, if you're truly one flesh, like the Bible says, yeah, he's going to tell you both. Oh,
1: absolutely. Right. This whole thing of like, yeah, uh, the devil's trying to use my wife. No, bro. No, bro. Y'all are one person. And this side of you, she's really witty.
2: into the Enneagram. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's destroying our marriage. It's destroying our marriage. <laughs> it's
4: destroying our marriage.
1: <laughs> so, so, um, well, I, a year later, right, January of ten, okay. I had to wait a whole year. Yeah, and the Lord says this is your last year, and I go go to Juliet and I said I feel like the Holy Spirit said this is our last year, and then she says to me, uh, the Holy Spirit told me that two weeks ago. Oof, I was waiting for Him to tell you to tell me. Come on, and then twenty ten was our last year, complete unity. Yep, at that point, so I, I think it's very very important for people to understand that um submission in marriage is submitted to one another yeah right this like the you're not the let me speak to the man for a minute you're not the man of your house you're not Christ is mm. right you're the head of your wife mm. there's scripture to back that up yep right the husband is the head of his wife mm. Christ is the head of the husband wow God is the head of Christ yeah everybody's under submission totally <laughs> right, and a sub, a man that is submitted to Christ will have no problem with a woman being submitted to him, yeah, right? A woman that's submitted to Christ will have no problem with a man going, I know you hear from the Lord baby. yeah, so if he said that, I'm gonna pray about it and i'm I'm sure he's gonna tell me the same thing. You just had three hours in his presence and I just came back from eight hours of work yeah. so I might not get it until Friday and you got it on sunday yeah. you know what i mean just give me some time to pray about it i'm sure we're gonna come into agreement totally. and when you don't have that 100 peace it doesn't mean that god's not in it yet it just might mean it's not time
2: it's not time to move not sure. time to move
1: you yeah. know what i mean so um yeah no that's a that's a great question to ask but dude like you, what you're saying is um is i i just hope everybody's getting this because i know there's some people that 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 are dying to get in this room.
2: Yeah, well, you know what what story sticks out? You could talk about the God card. Yep, I never saw this in scripture, and it mm-hmm. blew my mind, and I think forever sealed the submission to authority mm-hmm. in you know in my heart. When God tells Moses from the burning bush, "Go and tell them the I am sent you." The first place Moses goes jethro mm. and says that's good is it well that's with you good. that i go yep if anybody yep could play the god card yep it's moses yep absolutely and i think i see a lot of people especially younger people um well and that's just who i'm with most of the time so it's probably all people yeah say god told me x yep so i'm doing it yep God told me to start this podcast. Yep. God told me to start this ministry. God told me to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I remember Brady Boyd telling us, okay, who else did he tell?
4: Mm. Do
2: you tell your authority? Mm. Do you have authority? Mm. Because Jethro went from burning bush to father-in-law mm-hmm. and said, is it well with you if I go? Yeah. He asked permission because he knew God does not operate outside of authority. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, yeah. I'm never going to play this God card and go against what my authority is telling me,
1: bro. So, um, I've never heard that before. That's dope. Never made the correlation that he goes to tell his father. in right? First he submitted. Uh-huh. All right, let's take it up one more level. <laughs> God tells Moses to go back to Pharaoh to say, let my people go. Uh-huh. It sounds like a command. It's actually a request. Mm. whoa those people the children of israel were legally and spiritually under the authority of pharaoh there arose a pharaoh that knew not the god of joseph whoa those people were legally and spiritually under
2: because they're under his dominion
1: they're under his domain And God respects dominion because he's the one that established it. So when Moses goes to Pharaoh, how come God doesn't just strike Pharaoh dead and get his people, his chosen people? Wow. Because he submitted to the authority he established (sighs) and he will not circumvent it.
2: That's good. Wow.
3: Come
1: on. That's Old Testament. New Testament. What does Jesus say? I only say what the father tells me to say, tells me to say, I only go where the father tells me to go. I only do what the father tells me to do. Why he submitted. Yeah. So God has established dominion in the earth. Okay. Okay. (laughs) This is good. This is so good. Are you ready? Yep. So, uh, six days, God creates the heavens and the earth. Uh The last thing he does is put his image in the earth. In a body, mm-hmm. right? So so his image is created, male and female, he created he them. That's Genesis 1. Yeah, He puts his image in a frame, body, Genesis 2. He hangs it in the garden. The human body is a picture of God in a frame, mm. hung yep. in a beautiful garden. I'm there. Then what does he say? Have dominion, subdue, replenish, right? All yep. this stuff. Now, at the end of the sixth day, where he does everything that man can't do, he then hands over authority to what man can do, which is manage. Mm. And since day six, he's done nothing else in the earth unless he does it in partnership with a man or a woman. Mm. That's how much God respects the laws he put in place. Ooh that he won't even circumvent him. So when something needs to get done in the earth, he needs a man or a woman because he literally locked himself out.
3: Yeah. Wow.
1: And Jesus
2: operates in that.
1: That's absolutely correct.
2: Because you can even go back. Because I think sometimes, again, with the God card, people can say, I have authority, Right. God. Right. But Jesus was submitted to Mary.
1: That's cor- absolutely correct.
2: And there, you could you could speculate that he wanted to start when he was twelve.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And he goes, "I must be about my father's business." Yep. I'm staying. You go. You go back to yeah, Bethlehem, absolutely. Nazareth. Yeah, exactly. I'm staying in the temple. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, starting a, my a, a, I'm about
1: to pop this off <laughs> even before my bar misfo. Let's go.
2: And we, we never hear what Mary says, probably because no. she just looked at him.
1: Right, right, right. Get back in this Dude, house.
2: <laughs> but then he doesn't start until she says start. At the wedding of Cana.
1: That's exactly right.
2: He says, what does this have to do with us? Yeah. My time's not yet come. Yeah. And we and then we also don't hear what she says. Yep. Maybe it was the same look. Yep. Of boy, yep. you better get started. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. He, and he launches his ministry and his first miracle after submitting to Mary. Yeah. So it's not even about... Because sometimes we can over spiritualize things, especially in the church. Absolutely. Well, God's my authority, God's my yeah, father. Yeah. But he uses human authority.
1: That's exactly right. So let's talk about what happens when you don't submit to authority. You get your butt kicked. Mm. You get that tail <laughs> tapped. Ooh, I want to say some stuff. Yep. You get that butt whipped. <laughs> Old Testament, New Testament. Get in front of God and see what happens. Yeah. You get popped in your lip. Mm right? Yep. I've seen so many people just go out here and go, "You know what? God told me to do it and this pastor doesn't understand my gifts yeah. and I'm just about to go start." Okay. Oof. It is all of hell is like <laughs> do it. Literally, all of hell is going hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literally. Yeah. Hell. Yeah. <laughs> we have legal cuz uh, cuz the, the the spiritual realm is the most legal environment in the cosmos. Wow. In the whole universe. Yeah. Satan knows the legal parameters that he has.
4: Oof.
1: He's the best prosecuting attorney that's ever lived. Wow. Do you not know when Satan is an accuser of the brethren, right? Yeah. Do you know why he's called an accuser of the brethren, not a liar on the brethren? Because his accusations are true. Oof. Everything Satan has ever told God about you is the absolute truth. Gosh. Because a liar will not tarry in God's sight. So when Satan has a conversation with God, yeah. he tells the truth. Uh-huh. He lies to us. He tells the truth to God. Oof. You know the truth that he tells to God? The accusations about us. Wow. You know what Tim did? You saw what he did. You caught him. You, you saw what I saw. I tempted him, but he took the bait. Yeah. You got to get him. And he goes, well, somebody's already paid for that though. Yeah. So yeah. his accusations are true. They just can't stick. Yeah. Because of what Jesus has done on the Man. cross. That's a worldview. It's a worldview, bro.
2: That's like, a view that we need to have oh, dude, of have, the world. Dude,
1: listen, my, I have a I think one of the reasons why God gave me permission to do this podcast is because I have a biblical world view. Yeah. And so I can filter everything in culture. Through that Bible yeah. and come out on the other side, going, "This is what it means," yeah. <laughs> right? Let's land it right here. Yeah. But, bro, that thought that I could be out here outside of a covering, and I'm open season for mm-hmm. Satan, yep. is what keeps me undercover.
3: Yep.
1: Right, covering is not it, it is is not meant to cramp your style, right? Yeah. Like your dad, your your father in law wasn't trying to be mean to you right yeah. did it inconvenience you did it frustrate you absolutely
3: yeah
1: what was the outcome the outcome was we got a cheaper we we got a car for cheaper that was better cheaper that was better yeah and all it took was man i i i don't see what you see yeah. but i know you're ahead of me yep that's why we've created this space yeah right for for those that those that are influential and those that want to be influenced yeah. right like I want people in here that are just going, yo, I know I got some blind spots. Yeah. I've n I've I have i have i can not tell you how many times I've said this over my last twenty six years of being a believer and, and being exposed to people and leaders leaders that I've grown from. I need to know what I don't know. Yeah. yeah
2: what questions should i be yeah
1: yeah yeah i don't even know what to ask but i know that there's something i'm missing (laughs) and i need to be in your presence and i think if you talk long enough i'll be going oh snap you know what i needed to hear that part thank you so much for the last four hours and just let me ride in the car with you (laughs) down the street you know what i mean like i i just feel like um i I feel like we have we we have a a lot of opportunities because here's the thing man you're local Mm -hmm. right we we when we start off we we're before we get some of y'all on planes and get y'all down here from other cities and other countries, like, like we, we had to start in our own backyard first, right? Just, just see how this vibe was going to be. But we're inviting people around the world to the basement. Yeah. um, So that they can get some context for their life. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think I often have to send people to a college to another church, another ministry. And some of the last things I'll say is you have to go and submit there and find a person. It doesn't have to be right away. Yep. Because I, I always look at it, you don't take back submission. Ooh. You don't take back Ooh. and change authority like I'm trading you, Ooh. <laughs> trading you out.
1: Yo. In- you don't do like what 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 what's happening in college football right now. <laughs> After your first year, you're like, you know what? I'm gonna do a transfer.
2: Yeah, because then you're not submitted.
1: I <laughs> know I said LSU, but I meant Alabama. <laughs> Y'all didn't play me enough. I didn't get enough snaps. Yeah, I thought I was gonna be the, on the worship team in the first six months. You know what? I'm yeah. transferring from Gateway to yeah. Life Church. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm declaring I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a uh press release. I'm taking my talents to Hillsong, <laughs> right, dude? Because they respect me. <laughs> Is that not what's happening in the oh, church yeah. right now, though? No, totally.
2: Oh, I, I'm I'm holy cow. I'm remembering a conversation. Ooh,
1: I know I just pissed somebody off with that one.
2: <laughs> I'm called the Hillsong, and I'm an enneagram too. <laughs> um, no, I uh I'm remembering a conversation. And it turned out great. hmm Someone uh, who was not submitted to me, I was not their authority, but just had relationship with them, said, uh, I feel called to go to this campus, a different campus, because they were serving with me. And I said, that's great. If you feel God calling you, then do it. But here's my question. Where are you submitted? Mm. Because here's what here's my challenge to you. Uh, either you need to submit here, or you need to go and follow what the Lord told you, and go to this campus and submit there. But if you go and submit there, and then you try to come back six months because it wasn't what you thought, my man, I'm not taking you. My I'm man. calling the pastor over there, my dude, saying, "Hey, what's he doing?" Because I'm not, I'm not receiving you back. Yeah, for sure. Going rogue on the person that you were supposed to submit to. Absolutely. So, again, I'm not trying to keep you. Yeah. I just don't want you to go another season without covering. Absolutely. So, choose. And yeah. if you choose this house. Yep. And they say, nope. I don't feel like you should go there right now. Yep. And you go. No, you're going unsubmitted. Yep. And every, I, I always look at it as an umbrella. Yep. And the hell fire is raining down on you but if you're under the the authority yeah it's not touching you so if you go you're going out from under the umbrella
1: so so let's talk about um this umbrella and and how many of these dudes have gotten from under the shade and burnt up yeah um there's a lot of dudes falling right now yeah like flies um good guys many of them i know Many of them I love. Yeah, you know what I'm finding out? Mm. They didn't have no cover. Yeah. Oh no! Yes, they did. This person they came from under this person, and they were submitted to this person, and these people were on their board. They had no friends. Mm. The board was built in the best of times and couldn't endure the worst of times. Mm. And I'm trying to get people to understand that. True submission is exactly what you mentioned earlier. If this person can't tell you to sit down and you sit down, you don't have spiritual authority. Yeah. In your life. Yeah. If somebody doesn't have enough proximity to be like, what did you do? What were you doing? Yeah. What were you thinking? What yeah. I saw what you posted. Take that down. Yeah. If you don't take it down, you're not submitted to that person. Yep. If 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 you don't have two or three people like that and yep. here's the thing, these guys start off like that mm-hmm. and they think because they became the lead the guy, yeah, that they're no longer under anybody. Yeah. When David said the Lord is my shepherd. Now, God referred to the kings of Israel at that time as shepherds. Yeah. So when David says, "The Lord is my shepherd," who is he reminded? <laughs> He's reminding himself. Yeah. I'm under authority. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I am in authority and under authority. So, so I remember before um, I planted Embassy City, I was thinking I, I I would always like I never thought I was going to be a lead pastor. Yeah. I, I, I always thought I, I'm I'm Robin. Well, I'm probably Nightwing. Uh, I was like, I'm Nightwing to somebody's my language. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. I'm like, I'm Nightwing to somebody's Batman. Like, you be Batman, yeah. Bishop Jakes, and I'll be Nightwing. <laughs> right, right. I'll just, I'll just spell for you. You know what yeah. I mean? Then I, then God uh, took me to Gateway, which I felt like I won the human lottery twice. Like, I never had to leave the city, bro. I, I'm under TD Jakes, and I'm under Robert Morris. Right. Yeah. So I wind up at Gateway, and same thing. I'm like, you're Batman, and I'm. Nightwing, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um and I and so I'm always like, man, I'm a number 2. I'm I'm more of a number 2 role. I like to be yeah. like like I'm Scotty Pippen, right? I'm not Michael Jordan. I'm Scotty Pippen, right? Just put me on the, I'm Clay Thompson, right? I'm, yeah. I'm not Steph. Yeah. I'm Clay, right? I'm not LeBron. Um AD, right? You, you know, I'm I'm the number 2 guy. Yeah. So then I become a lead pastor and I'm in my quiet time one day and the Holy Spirit says to me, "Hey, Tim, just so sweetly hey Tim you know you're still number two <laughs> it was the sweetest thing in the world yeah. like it took so much pressure off me yeah. he yeah. was like you do still know you're number two you can take off the Batman costume yeah yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, still yeah, Nightwing. yeah, yeah. you're still <laughs> Nightwing fam. like you know what I mean yeah. Just put on the Robin outfit. <laughs> yeah. Just the multicolored You need the, dumb under, you, need court the jester. <laughs> you need the green draws with <laughs> yeah. your little R belt. <laughs> like like I, I realize, man, we put so much pressure on ourselves. Yeah, that's good. And and we're out here and we think, you know what, I'm a, I'm the spiritual leader now and and yeah. I gotta have all the right things to say. And I no, you need somebody that can just kind of peek over you and go, Yeah. Dude, go home. Yeah. Why are you here right now? Yeah,
2: I I always ask, who can fire you, mm. because a lot of times it's not a professional setting. It's starting a podcast. It's starting this ministry. It's starting this small group. It's and I had I remember having a conversation with a guy in our youth ministry that uh, tried to start a church mm. out of a group out of one of our groups, and he was calling it a church and he was doing a full service. I asked him about it because I'd heard, and he said, no, it's just a group.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: and so I was like oh okay well people think it's a church like that's what I've heard so maybe you want to clarify that because people are thinking it's a church right 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 and then people kept saying no it's a he's literally got a sign in the front yard church so I came back and I said hey are you sure it's not a church because someone said you have a sign that says church And he goes yeah the first time you asked me I didn't want to say the truth because I thought you'd get mad it's a it's a church And I said, okay, that's a different conversation. Um, And so we had the whole conversation of how churches are planted and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just something we do going rogue or Mm -hmm. because God explaining authority. And he wasn't really either understanding or didn't want to Mm -hmm. accept the authority piece. And he said, I have three people that I'm getting to speak into everything that we do. I said, okay, can they fire you? And he said, well, no, it's my it's my church. Oh, Jesus. And I said, that's the issue. Duck! <laughs> Duck! Because <laughs> one, you can have the whole conversation of, no, it's not your church, it's God's church. But where we took the conversation was if if no one can fire you, then you are unsubmitted.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: And you're the guy. Yeah. And that's a dangerous place to be. I said, do you know that? Pastor Robert can be fired. That's right. He had no idea. Yeah. Because we can assume when we see Pastor Robert on the weekend and he's the lead senior pastor and he talks about when he started the church, a lot of times we're not going into the details of, no, 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 there's a board of elders that can fire him. Yeah, absolutely. He set it up that way. Yeah. And so who can fire you? This podcast that you're starting, who can stop the basement podcast? Yep. Because if no one can, yep. oh, this is the, this is an offside thing. Yep. It's kind of yep. a side yep. hustle that I'm yep. doing on my own. Yep. If you can't be fired from every aspect of your life, absolutely. then you have an unsubmitted aspect that's, of your that's life. That's absolutely correct. Every aspect needs to be
1: submitted. That's correct.
2: And I think that we try to just limit it to well, just my job. Yep. Or just the church. Yep. Or just just whatever it yep. it needs to be every every area,
1: every bro. Aspect. Every area. Okay, David Christian Blease. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I I could not have asked for a better person oh. to step on here. Thank you. And literally set tone and precedent for literally hundreds of people that are going to come after you over I don't know how long God tells us to do this, years or whatever. Yeah. We 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 have an opportunity to establish um relationship with people. Yeah. And again my mandate y'all y'all know is to get as many people to the basement as possible this way of thinking man yeah this way of thinking do you know what happens whoever has decided to listen to this all the way through right (laughs) yeah do you can you imagine how many people will now become submitted to authority biblically yeah not because they read it, not just because their pastor said it. Yeah. Because they heard it talked out. Yeah. They heard it fleshed out. Yeah. Um Well,
2: and and maybe if I can, Yeah. Can you explain the biblical reasons why we're able to leave authority? Because oh, yeah, it absolutely. can it can quickly go into or it it can go into abuse. Yes, for sure. And that's sometimes hard to navigate. Oh, absolutely. Wait, is this abuse or are you uncomfortable? Yeah. Is this abuse or are you mad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when is the biblical mandate for you to leave Saul?
1: Oh, you're so good. You just I mean, this is an alley oop. So, <laughs> so so I'm a, I'm gonna hit this and then we gotta we gotta wrap up. Yeah. Right? Cause you gotta go. <laughs> right. Not because we gotta <laughs> go, but you gotta go. Yeah. Okay. So so let me first say that if you're under a pharaoh, you don't leave. Mm. You wait for a release. It's good. Oof. You know what happened when they were under a hard taskmaster? The stronger they grew, and the more they, the more they multiplied. Wow! God may have you under a hard leader. Yeah. And what He's doing is growing you and multiplying you. Oof. You don't run from that person. You wait for oh, your release. Wow! So I know I just, I know I just help some people and hurt some people <laughs> at the same time. Right? Pause it.
2: <laughs> Let it marinate. Let it marinate. Get yeah. Pause right here, and
1: then pick it back up in a minute, okay? uh But you 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 talked about Saul. Here's why. Here's why you run from Saul. Saul did not. Uh, David did not wait for a spiritual release from Saul. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know that my boss is trying to kill me with some javelins, but you know I just haven't had a release from the Lord. Is it yet. cool if I run? Yeah. 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 No. 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 He bounces, and here's the reason why he bounces. Yeah. uh, uh David runs from Saul. I believe for two reasons. Number one. Uh, so i was trying to kill him yeah and how how would you tim how would you uh, make that kind of modern day yep any leader that's trying to kill your integrity or your character you run from Mm. anybody that's going to make you compromise your morals you run from Mm. anybody that has a toxic culture and is doing something illegally or immorally you Mm. run from them you don't have to wait for a release get out now yep okay but here's the other reason why I believe David ran because if he stayed, he would have killed Saul.
3: Mm, Wow.
1: I don't believe David was afraid of getting killed by Saul. I believe he was afraid if I stick around, I'm going to have to kill you.
2: Ooh! Or that I'll act out of my flesh. The warrior.
1: Right? I mean, mean, in a head-up boxing, in a head-up match, who's going to win? Yeah.
2: David killed Slade. His tenth. Okay, okay, okay.
1: <laughs> so, so David would have killed Saul with no problem, and I think yeah. part of the reason why he removed himself and got distance is because he knew if I stay here, I'll kill you. Wow. So you have to leave to not be killed, but you also have to leave before you kill something else. Take or that to some, modern day. You might know something about the pastor that could completely ruin his reputation. Ooh, you got to go. Ooh, because it's not on you. It's not on you to do that. God, you got to leave that in God's hand. You got to leave that in God's hand. Okay, we are wrapping up a show hot. We, I mean, literally, (laughs) like, like, like my cousin LeCrae coming in hot, (laughs) him and Andy, we're going out hot. Yep. I know that's like a smoking way to end a podcast episode. Maybe we'll pick it back up. I don't know. But for right now, that's good david christian bleese ladies and gentlemen <laughs> give it up for the man he is amazing i'm so thank you so much for being on this thank you for
2: having me it's an honor Bro, you
1: you have you have you set the bar pretty high now <laughs> i hope everybody watching obviously you don't have to be david right i want you to come in here as your authentic self but just know this is where we go this is this is how we establish what we're doing <laughs> i love you guys so much and until next time peace <laughs>